Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. He's a well-respected high school football scout, known for his unpopular opinion and brash commentary. The coach, Keith They bring you the transparent truth. The world's number one source for high school football recruiting news and interviews. The transparent truth. <laughs> welcome, welcome. You're now listening to the transparent truth. It's your boy, Coach Keith. We back in studio, Intercom Studios in the Miracle Mile. Maslin and Wilshire happy to be recording live here on a Tuesday. I know you're going to hear this on a Wednesday, but nonetheless, we have a lot to talk about today. It's going to be a sh- little bit of a short show, but a lot to get into. Uh, we have our sleeper of the week. We have our national player of the week, our national game recaps. And um, we're going to be discussing some things, Jalen Ramsey and his issues. We're going to be discussing um, NFL teams. How are they going to deal with these trade demands? What about Trevor Lawrence, Clemson quarterback? The, the Goldilocks, the golden boy. Uh, should he be mentioned right now in the Heisman race? That's up for questioning. And what about Bosco and Modern Day? Can anybody touch Bosco and Modern Day across the country? It doesn't feel like it, doesn't seem like it, but I'd love to get your thoughts. We'll be taking callers here a little bit later on in the show. And uh, as always, we are going to bring the juice and bring the energy and turn this baby up. But uh, right now, we want to get to our Sleeper of the Week. Time for our sit and sleep sleeper of the week. Really want to thank our guy Larry Miller. He's allowing us to showcase unknown prospects that need to be brought to the spotlight. Larry is all about family and community, and his support is helping to change the lives of young players across the country. Each week, young men are getting scholarship offers after being featured on this show. So thank you, Larry. When we have business and a man that is really interested in the community, we need to show our support right back at him. Sit and Sleep is the only place that offers advanced sleep technology. Greg? Body diagnostics. That's five-star stuff. This is high-quality stuff. Lay down on a mattress, and within seconds, thousands of sensors can help you find the absolute right mattress for you. Wow, within seconds? Seconds. Man, that's awesome. Sit and Sleep. They'll beat anyone's advertised price, or your mattress is free. Appreciate you, Larry Miller. Thank you, Larry. All right, our Sleeper of the Week this week comes out of the South, the Southeast, matter of fact. And um, this young guy, got a chance to run into him via social media, uh, looked at his tape, and I thought, wow, what a good football player. I don't think he has any offers on the table, but I'm talking about uh, 2020 defensive back Marietta, Georgia, from Lasseter High School, Mr. Jack Ferguson. Jack Ferguson, Lasseter High School out of Marietta, Georgia. He's 5'11", 175 pounds, a ball hawk, 
This guy goes sideline to sideline making plays. He's got terrific vision on the quarterback, understands route concepts, can get out of his break, get downhill over the top, and make plays on the football. But what I was most impressed about, I love the way this young guy runs the alley. For those of you who are not football aficionados or savants like myself, Jack Ferguson running the alley means he's coming downhill and he's seeking to destroy. Okay? Downhill, the alleyway, which is outside the defensive end, inside of the cornerback, and he's owning the alleyway, coming downhill, being physical, being nasty, and really having bad intentions when he gets to the ball here. Love the way this guy hits. Um, he really brings that hat to the party. So, Jack Ferguson. College coaches, I know you're listening. Jack Ferguson, Marietta, Georgia, Lasseter High School, 5'11", 175, a bona fide cruncher in the run game and a playmaker and a ball hawk on the back end. This guy's a Division One player, FBS player, Power 5 player. Mark it down. Big time dude. UCLA, I know you guys need guys. Hey, man, go look at this kid, Jack Ferguson. So congratulations, Jack. You're this week's Transparent Truth Sleeper of the Week. All right, now we like to get to our National Player of the Week nominations, National Player of the Week. I've uh, got three guys here. Uh, number one, Muskegon, Michigan quarterback Cameron Martinez, 27 carries, 243 yards, and three touchdowns on the ground. Cameron Martinez, big-time player, Ohio State commit in the 2020 class. He really got busy this past weekend versus a, a really tough opponent, and he went in there and handled his business and did what he does. So it was great to see that. Um, how about Dominguez running back, Compton Dominguez running back, Jamarie Jones, 211 yards, two touchdowns. Here's the thing about it, though. This is a five foot four, 130-pound running back. Yeah, you heard that right. Five feet four. I mean, he almost qualifies as a midget. Okay? I don't know if I said that politically correct or a small person. Okay, Jamarie Jones, 211 yards, two touchdowns. Versus my beloved Compton High, Compton High Tar Babes, but Jamario at 5'4", at 5'4", 130 pounds, did the dash versus the Compton Tar Babes, and he's a nomination for this week's Player of the Week. But, drum roll please, our National Player of the Week goes, other, goes on to none other than modern day quarterback Bryce Young. The king of high school football ran for four touchdowns, 104 yards rushing, 255 yards passing versus a vaunted, talented, fast and aggressive St. Francis defense led modern day to a 34-18 win. So congratulations, B.Y., my guy, our Transparent Truth National Player of the Week. All right, now it's time to recap the top national games from across the country. I want to start off in Texas. Big top 15 matchup. Duncanville, the, the 6A finalist from last year, led by Jaquindon Jackson, the Pro Football Hall of Fame, World Bowl quarterback. They played St. John's of Washington, D.C., Rakeem, Jared, and company. And uh, Duncanville rolls. 35-14, they take it to St. John's and they run them up out of Texas and show them what them Texas boys are all about. Roderick Daniels, eight catches, 134 yards, two receiving touchdowns. What about Tristan Smith, two rushing touchdowns for Duncanville. And the, the aforementioned Jaquindon Jackson, easily one of the best 
all-around football players in the country. 295 total yards, three total touchdowns. Duncanville rolls St. John's up and sends them back to Washington, D.C. in a milk carton. Congratulations to Duncanville. They got a really good football team. Congratulations and shout-out to my boy Savion Bird, 2021 Offensive tackle, defensive tackle, elite prospect, and a better young man. So, uh, Jaquindon, Savion and company, they get it done versus St. John. Moving along, how about St. John Bosco here in Southern California? In the Trinity League versus USA Showcase, Bosco takes on good counsel. They beat him up 31-8. Quarterback DJ Uyana Lele, 17-25, 268 yards and three touchdowns. Bosco, as a team, 481 yards of total offense and a dominant performance over good counsel of Maryland. I believe that's where they're from. Uh, But Coach Jason Negro was not happy. Bosco committed 18 penalties for over 150 yards. They have to clean that up before getting into Trinity League play. But good counsel is not in Trinity League and don't believe that they would finish in the top four or five in the Trinity League. And Bosco wipes them off the map. So congratulations, St. John Bosco. And last but not least, which you all know probably because it was the highlight of my Saturday night for sure, modern day smacks around St. Francis. St. Francis went in with a 20-plus game win streak, playing against modern day, and my number one player in the country, Mr. Bryce Young. And um, 34-18 score, modern day wins. Again, Bryce Young went off, four touchdowns rushing, over 100 yards rushing, 250 yards passing, and uh, modern day's defense was stout. Um, for most of the game, they did give up 187 yards on the ground to Michigan commit Blake Corum. But modern day's defense was stifled them on enough drives, stifled them meaning St. Francis, stifled St. Francis on enough drives to keep them in check and keep them off the scoreboard. Most times, modern day runs away with it. Bryce Young with another virtuoso performance, um, getting out of the pocket when necessary. Um, finding receivers when he had windows and, and space and separation to throw the ball. Shout out to St. Francis' defense, though. Um, they were athletic. They were aggressive. They were fast. They covered really well on the outside. But how do you defense Bryce Young? I've been saying this for years. He's indefensible. If you get a pass rush, he's going to run. If you don't get a pass rush, he's going to kill you from the pocket. If you get a pass rush and you got receivers covered, he's going to run. And when he's run, he's re- when he runs, he's really dynamic. And when he throws it, he's really special. I just don't know how you defense the guy. And I'm a former defensive coordinator at an elite level. I don't know how to defense the guy. He's just one of those guys that's, you know, he's going to give you nightmares the night before you play him or the week that you play him. And, um, you know, modern day wins, man. 34-18. St. Francis, I thought they, they uh, you know, put a good account of themselves out there especially defensive they were one dimensional offensively they didn't get much done there um Blake Corm I was impressed with him I thought he was uh he was quick I thought he was fast I thought he was quicker rather than fast but I, I loved his contact balance I loved his strength his ability to break tackles and uh get the edge when he needed to so shout out to Blake Corm but modern day uh puts a stranglehold on that number one ranking and big showdown with Bosco in a few weeks. So 
Should be fun. Should be fun. Training league people should be fun. Last but not least, I think a game that kind of went under the radar just nationally, but De La Salle over Folsom, 42-17. But it wasn't really that close, ladies and gentlemen. And it was only a 15-point victory, kind of like the modern-day game. You know, it wasn't as close as 34-18 sounds. De La Salle was up 28 to nothing over Folsom. And uh, Folsom had some onside kicks, scored some late touchdowns, lipstick on a pig. Nevertheless, they lose 42-27. De La Salle is now 300-0-2 since 1991. They've won 300 games. They've lost none. And they've tied twice in 28 years. Unreal. Dorian Hale, I think he's the, the, the young quarterback, four rushing touchdowns. For Folsom, Jake uh, Raithmeyer, 377 pass yards. Elijah Badger. Elite wide receiver, 175 yards receiving and two touchdowns. But Folsom cannot get it done again. Nothing to drop your head or be ashamed about Folsom. De La Salle is a legendary program. They're still very, very good. And uh, if it wasn't for Bosco in modern day, they'd be winning you know, state championships every year. So uh, Folsom falls again this year to De La Salle, but nothing to um, drop your head about. De La Salle Spartans get it done. 300 straight wins or 300 wins without a loss. Let me say that. 300 wins without a loss versus northern section opponents, which is remarkable. Remarkable to the administration, the coaches, the players over the last 28 years. Remarkable. My hat is off to you. Let's move along. All right, going live now on Facebook. Going live on Facebook and uh, getting ready to get to our discussions for the day. A lot of things to talk about, a lot going on in the news. Um, Let's start off right now. The Jalen Ramsey behavior, is that acceptable for a pro athlete? Jalen Ramsey, I want to talk a little bit about that. Um, I think that's important to talk about, not only for, for professional athletes, but also for our college and our high school kids, right? We have to be able to talk about the appropriate behavior for these young kids because the first thing they're going to do, they're going to follow these professional athletes, right? They're going to follow them and how they act and how they behave and how they respond to people. And Jalen Ramsey's behavior on the sideline, was it acceptable? Was it acceptable? Was it unacceptable? I think that's something we need to discuss. We definitely need to talk about. Um, how about the NFL? The NFL is dealing with a problem right now. The, the, the players are trying to turn the NFL into the NBA, right? Players, they're trying to demand trades. They're trying to force their way out of situations and force their way into other situations. How is the NFL going to deal with that? How do you deal with that if you are NFL ball clubs, if you're owners, if you're GMs? That's going to be something that we definitely need to talk about. What about Trevor Lawrence? Trevor Lawrence. Right now, they got him top five, top three, top four in the Heisman race. Does he deserve it? Is he deserving of that top three, top four in the highest rate? He's been very pedestrian so far this year. He's completing about 59% of his passes. He's thrown five touchdowns, five interceptions. A lot of his you know, money throws have been screen routes that have gone for 80 yards. So does Trevor Lawrence really belong in the Heisman discussion? I think that's something we need to talk about. I think it's something we need to analyze and examine because, you know, why should he be exempt from uh, the transparent truth? He shouldn't. I know he, you know, he's a, he's a good football player, and, and I'm not talking bad about the kid. But should he 
deserve mention in the Heisman race right now. That's something we definitely need to talk about. So Facebook Live, I'm, I'm watching you right now. Have your questions. Um, I am going to answer it the best way I can, and we're going to get this party moving. So um, we'll also talk about can any teams across the country challenge Bosco or Modern Day? All right, let, let's just be honest here. Let's be honest. Bosco or Modern Day, can any teams challenge them? Uh, right now, you know, but you know, Bosco, Modern Day, they go out of state. They stay home, play teams from out of state. They're just mopping everybody up. Nobody has a chance right now. Um, if there's one school that probably has a chance, you talk, you're probably talking about St. Thomas Aquinas. But everybody else is, you know, they're back further, much, much further back than Bosco Modern Day. They can't hold a candle to these guys. And Bosco Modern Day, they're just loaded. Not only are they loaded, they're loaded with a bunch of kids who should be in college. Let's just be honest, right? A bunch of kids who um, they're college aged and they're playing against, you know, maybe they're playing against other college age kids. I don't know. But um, it's tough. Training league is tough, you know. We know, we know there's a lot of holdbacks. So you got physically more mature, more developed kids. And uh, right now, nobody can hold a candle to Bosco or Modern Day. So uh, it's it's tough. It's definitely tough for the schools. And I think lastly, another discussion piece that I want to get into with everybody on Facebook Live and really everybody across the country who listen to the show. And there's, and there's 5,000 plus, you know, uh, every show is... What's going on at San Clemente High School in South Orange County, California? Now, I know you uh, folks, you listeners out there who are listening from the East Coast and the Midwest and down in, you know, the Dirty South and the Northeast. You guys don't know much about what's going on. But let's talk about the facts about what's happening or, or let's talk about what's allegedly happened at San Clemente High School in South Orange County here in Southern California. Allegedly, because I don't know this to be fact. I was not there. I did not witness this. So allegedly, Lincoln High School of San Diego, which is an inner city school in San Diego, they traveled to South Orange County, which is predominantly Caucasian, and they play a game San Clemente beats Lincoln 20 to 0. Fair game, competitive, fair. They beat them. But that did not draw the headlines coming out of the game. Allegedly, there were some very racial undertones and overtones. Allegedly, fans, um, viewers, observers, began to make racial slurs inside of bathrooms to the field on the field to the players coaches and also the cheerleaders okay um that's disturbing but I'm not shocked okay now this is allegedly I don't want to accuse anyone um this is allegedly I don't know it to be true but this is what it ha- has been alleged to have happened if you're on Facebook, it's, a, it's important that you share this right now because we're getting ready to get into this. Please share this video now if you are on Facebook because we're getting ready to dive deep into this whole San Clemente thing. It, I think some background knowledge is important here. 
South Orange County has a stigma. Let's just be honest. There is a perception. There is a, a stigma and a perception that there are some race there is some racial divide in South Orange County. There there is or there you know there has been racial tension in South Orange County and I think it's important to to really state that as a starting point. So there 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 definitely is a history there. From a personal standpoint, I've been to South Orange County many a times. I have not experienced any profiling, um, degrading, or racist behavior. Let me say that. Now, I know it isn't every person in South Orange County who acted in a racist manner at San Clemente High School. Every person in South Orange County is not a racist. There may be one person. There may be a hundred. There may be a thousand. I don't know. What I do know is this. An inner city, predominantly African-American school went down to San Clemente in South Orange County. And they claim to have been harassed, to have been discriminated against, to have been racially profiled and to have been taunted and thrown racial slurs at. That's what allegedly has happened. That is their claim. And I can say that that is unacceptable. If that did happen, that's totally unacceptable. What's even more unacceptable is the silence that is deafening to my ears from people who cover high school football who have not had the cojones to speak on the topic. Whether you speak on it or not, that's your choice. But when it, when it, you know, when it comes to writing a story, getting a story, whatever the case may be about a, a kid in the inner city, people are all over that. We're going to report on that right away. He got an offer. He played well. He threw a touchdown pass. He caught a diving catch. We're going to report that immediately. But then the inner city goes to South Orange County and gets and allegedly gets racially attacked. And everybody is all of a sudden silent. All of a sudden, nobody wants to speak. Nobody has anything to say. Nobody won't touch the topic. Nobody has anything to say about what's going on. Allegedly gone on. That's interesting to me. That's interesting, but it's also disturbing. I'd like to know who has reached out, who has um, come to the defense or the aid of these players and these coaches and these parents and these cheerleaders keep the same energy covering these young African-American stud student athletes as you do when they are attacked, racially profiled and treated 
less than their counterparts. Keep the same energy. I know I will. And it's not because I'm black. It's because it's the right thing to do. If someone is 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 mistreated, if if something you know traumatic has happened, I'm going to ask questions, I'm going to try to find out the facts, and then I'm going to try to put it out in open air and let's just discuss it, let's talk about it, and let's be prepared to move on, but let's definitely address it. And a lot of places and a lot of people out there refuse to address it. Their silence is deafening to me. It's telling to me. You are only good enough to report on athletically. You are not important enough to report on when you've been mistreated and and, 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 and racially attacked. That's a problem for me. So go to your local newspaper, go to your local reporters, go to your local whatever, whoever covers your kids out there and ask them, how come you didn't ask me about this? How come you didn't report about this? I think that's important. People need to be held accountable. So um, disturbing, disturbing, alleged behavior, hopefully and this is my hope and I want to move on my hope is that the school in the district reprimand and hold the thugs accountable it is also my hope that the district and the school and the coaches the staff puts a system or systems in place that will create a culture to prevent this type of thing from happening again. Systems in place. It's called being proactive. Now we're being reactive, but we need to be proactive for the future. Put a system in place and make sure everyone adheres to the guidelines and the expectations so this type of thing does not happen again in South Orange County because this is the not the first time it has happened. It's not the first time it's happened. And at some point, people need to be held accountable. People need to be terminated, quite possibly. And systems need to be overhauled and something new needs to be designed and put in place because it's absurd, it's uncalled for, it's evil. And if you allow that thing just to continue to fester with a slap on the wrist, it'll just continue to grow. And it'll continue to get worse. And we'll hear about something like this again down the road. So that is my take on that. Would love to hear what people have to say about Jalen Ramsey's behavior. Would love to hear uh, some takes from the audience or callers about um, NFL teams and how they're going to deal with these trade demands. Would love to hear whether or not Trevor Lawrence should be in the Heisman race right now based on his body at work this year. And I would love to hear about 
you know, teams across the country, high school teams that can compete with modern day or Bosco. Because right now it just doesn't seem like anyone can. But that's all I got for San Clemente. Very, um, you know, disappointed to hear the alleged behavior. I do know Coach Jaime Ortiz personally. Really good guy. Um, Definitely feel like, you know, he will get this thing corrected. Definitely feel like he will hold people accountable. Definitely feel like um, he will do the right things moving forward. But the alleged behavior is unacceptable. People need to be reprimanded, possibly terminated. Systems need to be overhauled and new systems need to be implemented immediately. Not now, but right now. Nobody across the world, but at least in our country, where the pursuit of life, liberty, and happiness is at the forefront of our Constitution, should have to experience what the alleged behavior that took place at San Clemente High School in South Orange County. People should be ashamed of themselves. A good friend, Terry Anderson, said, why choose hate when love is so much easier? And man, that hit the nail on the head. Why choose that hate when love can be so much easier? We don't have to choose hate. We can choose to love our brother, our sister, no matter what color they are. I don't see color. I see people. I see humans. And I want to see the good in everybody. And I, ho- I hope and pray that the people who acted out of character or maybe in character really ask for forgiveness, step to the forefront and, and admit their wrongs and wrongdoings so that we can move forward and we can grow from this. We can get better from this. Now, I don't want to sit around and play victim. It happened. Was it right? No. Should should it have happened? No. What can we do to improve the mindset, the relationships, the systems? What can we do? I need you guys out there to talk to me. Facebook family, podcast listeners. What can we do? To help improve the environment when an inner city school goes to play San Clemente. Because it doesn't have to be a racial war fest. It doesn't. Healthy competition, physical football, absolutely. I'm all for it. But when you take that and turn that into a racial Attack. We can't have it. Cannot have it. And I'm actually shit, my hands are shaking because it's just not right. It's uncalled for. It's evil. It's nasty. It's unhealthy. And I'm glad my son wasn't on that Lincoln High School team. Only for the simple fact is I'm not having it. You want to attack my kid or me racially? We're going to have a big problem. A big, big problem. 
That's it. That's all I got. All right. I appreciate you for joining me here on The Truth today. Explosive show. Um, some issues definitely out there, but uh, it's things that we can work through. We can work together. We can find solutions to problem. My objective, or at least my message is, again, let's choose love rather than choose hate, man. Let's choose love. Let's love one another. Let's be there for one another. Um, for those who were at San Clemente, um, that were on the San Clemente side and, and really witnessed the poor behavior, I challenge you to speak up and speak out and, you know, don't condone that behavior when you see it next to you. Speak up and speak out. Have a backbone. Be, feel, feel, feel like you need to say something. You know what's right. You know if that alleged behavior went on, was it right? I challenge you, and I challenge everybody out there, when you see wrong being done in your presence, speak up and speak out. Let your voice be heard. Don't sit by idle and let people get hurt, humiliated, degraded, and tortured verbally. Have some integrity. There's a new sheriff in town, and his name's Reggie Hammond. Y'all be cool.